0: We thank you for tuning in to the Chosen City Church Sermons Podcast. At Chosen City Church, we are chosen to overcome, to build, and to be like Jesus. We pray that this podcast will empower you to do the same on today. Hallelujah. My, my, my. No greater name. My no greater name. Y'all mind if I do a a holy ghost roll call let me let me see if i can do it like this so for all, all the all the ministers in the house first all the ministers in the house that don't mind standing and proclaiming that there's no greater name than jesus why don't you stand and make some noise that's that, that that's cool that's cool all, all of the all the deacons and elders and and, and armor bearers and evangelists and apostles in the house. So go ahead if you if you don't mind standing and proclaiming. God, why don't you just make some noise for for for, for Jesus? That. That's good. That's cool. Well, well, we we understand that 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 laity are they? You all are just as anointed as the deacons and the ministers, and you have a call just as important. So, if I have any laity on this side that don't mind standing and and proclaiming that that there is no greater name. His His great name is greater than cancer. Is greater than debt. Is greater than poverty. Is greater than heartbreak. If I got to um pouco nessa que eu que, quero que o I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, saving the best for last. On this side, if, if if you don't mind, because you know who the Lord is in your life, not based on what you heard, based on what you have experienced through, would you mind just standing there and proclaiming and making some noise for Jesus? Okay. 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 Now, 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 musicians, I need y'all. I need you. Y'all been playing beautifully, but but I need y'all to play. I, 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 need, I need that bass and I need that lead and I need those keys and I need that drum. I, I need y'all to play like some young brothers that, that believe what you're playing. I need you to, I need you to get it like you believe it for real. Come on, make some noise. in this place the move of God that is happening in this place if we pray together watch what God is going to do if we pray together watch what God is going to do take a second and pray Father I sense that you are desiring to to do a great thing at your churches across the the land not just in America abroad not just in other places but here as well God we come in just as we are and I ask you God to block all distractions all distractions God don't let us be distracted by the phone today don't let us be distracted by the tablet today don't let us be distracted by our problems today God don't let us get distracted by the anything the elements nothing God because I can sense in my spirit that you're going to do something I can sense in my spirit that, that somebody will be set free today. I can sense in my spirit that finally it's going to make sense for somebody. I can sense in my spirit that people will give their life to you, Lord. God, I believe you. I'm standing with expectation that today you're going to do, you're going to answer a prayer today. Today you're going to do it. God, is we be prepared to hear from you. We pray that the Holy Spirit will show up and speak in this place like never before. And Lord, when it's all said and done, we're careful. To give your name the glory, the honor, and praise. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Let the people of God say together, amen, amen, amen. Listen, hallelujah, to God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. Listen, I want to do this. First of all, I just want to just give our first-time visitors a humongous chosen city shout-out. Almost messed up there. Chosen City shout out. Let's give them a huge Among Us. Come on. Listen, all of our first time visitors, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for being here. And we just look forward to what God is going to say to you on today. One scripture. Joe, it was an accident, man. Stop tripping. (laughs) One scripture today. We've been in this series that the best, the next chapter will be the best chapter of your life amen i believe that but listen fam in order for that to be more than just a saying we got to deal with some 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 stuff and today we're going to deal with an interesting topic as it relates to to to, to suffering because you got to understand that for the next chapter to be the best chapter today we're going to be focused on one scripture and one scripture alone is our custom here to read the word of god out loud together So that's what we're going to do on my mark. Okay, ready, set, read. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I would just like to use as a sermon topic for today, it's worth the wait. Tell two people on the way to your seat, it's worth the wait. Tell them, two people, it's worth the wait. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Y'all good? Y- y'all hot? We need some more air? Okay. yes, yeah, no digging rain. Can you hit that? That air good. The Lord blessed us last year we didn't have it. But we stayed with him and he blessed us real good. We could turn it up. But sometimes people say they cold. I want y'all to be comfortable for what God is saying to us on today. Theodicy. Anybody familiar with that phrase? Theodicy, the root word theos, meaning the study of God, when you talk about theology you under, you're trying to understand how God conducts his business in the universe, how creation is formed, how, how, how humans exist, how, how, how your understanding of God, your understanding, belief or lack thereof, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that's part of your theology. The reason you are here this morning is because you have a, 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 a theology uh, that, that believes in the God of the Bible. That's your understanding of God. Unless you just may be here supporting someone, and that's cool, too, because I've seen some amazing things happen when people just get in the building. That's why I'm so excited. Everybody, I don't care what you believe, get here and see what the Lord says to you. That was that was my testimony. I, I kind of get it now. I understood my grandma and my mother and my father's theology from the time I was a little child. You, know, they, they, you may get in there and you you may not remember everything, but if I can just get you close enough. I, I think after a while a, a little bit of it will stick and that is theology. But today I want to talk to you about theodicy. Theodicy deals with the question, an age-old question, since the beginning of time, why would a good God allow evil to exist? Since the beginning of time, he said, this God that's supposed to be just, this God that's supposed to be moral, why would such a God allow evil to exist in the world? And I discovered as we have been walking through Romans, the eighth chapter, and now we're at verse 18, that your theodicy is the key to your new next. You see, all of us got to suffer sometime. Amen, somebody. The, the struggle is real for all of us at some point on the, on the journey. But your understanding, your theodicy of why a good God would allow something like this to exist is going to shift everything. This came to light In the turn of the 18th century, a a mathematician by the name of uh, Gottfried Leibniz, he's known as uh, an inventor of calculus like Isaac Newton, even though he didn't get as much credit. He's the inventor of the calculator. He was a mathematician, spent most of his time doing science. But in about 1697, this individual started to write and he started to philosophize that I got breaking news. Everybody that believed in the God or the Bible is wrong. He said, I've looked at it from a mathematical perspective. I've come to the conclusion that two things can't be true at the same time. He, he can't be this good God uh, that, that loves everybody, uh, but this same God is this God that creates a person, watch them struggle, and when they mess up, he puts them in hell. What kind of being is this? He said, I've come to a conclusion that this God that y'all talk about in the Bible can't be who he claims to be. Either that, if he's real, he says, then he has to be imperfect. Is at this time that Leibniz has to put down his calculators and put down his inventions. And the the spirit of the God, of the Lord, I believe, got in him side point. It's amazing how you can be doing one thing and then the spirit of God will come into your life and you start to do something else. I need to tell somebody right now, get ready. I I know you've been doing one thing your whole life and I know you've been doing something, but get ready. You see, in this next season, God is going to use what you've been doing, but he's going to use those skills and those assets to do something else. Watch what he does. He takes this same uh, mathematician and he's because he understood he was talking to analytical people. Side point. It's so sure hard to preach to y'all analytical people. Y'all got to analyze everything. You fact check everything. So it's cool God said I get it. I know who you are. He took a mathematician I believe. Filled him with the Holy Ghost and he, he wrote an article and that's where we get the term theodicy. He said no nah, you are wrong. God is just. God is moral. But the reality, for reasons that are sometimes hard to understand, is that every now and then we have to go through struggle. Uh, For in the reality, even though God is just, even though God is moral, the reality is every now and then we have to lose somebody that's close to us. It doesn't mean that God is not just. It means that we have to have a deeper understanding of why God does what he does, I took a poll yesterday, you don't have to be an expert in theodicy. I took a poll of some friends and some family members and I asked them a question, y'all. I asked, I said, hey, as it relates to suffering, what's the number one thing that comes to your mind? Can I poll this room? As it relates to your own suffering or your family's suffering, what's the, probably the first thing that comes to your mind? Hmm? You shout it out, we family. Hmm? Somebody said, well, I hear a lot of why me's. You know the first, you know the, the top answer was? Why me? When we are going through, it's a natural question to ask, why me? You know, the second uh, thing on that poll was, is it my fault that I'm going through this? Because sometimes we look at ourselves and we come to the conclusion that it's our fault that we're going through it. And y'all know what the third one was, which I think is the most, uh, most important one? How do I get out of it? Uh, if, I, if I don't know why, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I don't know if it's my fault, the end state is, how do I get out of it? Today, Paul helps us to understand suffering because I want you to understand that God works through suffering. I said I had to preach this like, how many of you heard about this terrible story out of Atlanta? about a young lady that was missing and they just found her and she was, she had been killed by her husband. Anybody hear about that story? Just tragic news, national news they've been looking for her. I didn't care, I didn't watch that story in its entirety but I saw a, a glimpse and the glimpse I saw was her father. Fathers you can imagine. Any fathers in the house that got, got a daughter? Any fathers that got a daughter? I see you. Imagine that day When you allow your daughter, you give your your daughter away to some some young man with expectation he's going to do a better job than you. Only to discover one day that your daughter is missing. And then, as you are doing the search and hoping that he'll help and it'll all come together, you discover that the the man that you let take your daughter's hand is the man that took your daughter's life. Yeah, see, I I said, God, I got to preach this one like that individual was sitting here. Because if that individual was sitting here, that man, because I saw him on TV, y'all. I don't know if he had lost other children, but he said, I've lost three babies now. And I saw his tears and I saw his pain. I said, God, I got to talk on Sunday like he is sitting here. I said, first thing I would do is realize that sometimes when people are suffering, there is nothing you can say in the moment. Sometimes you just got to learn how to sit and be still with people that are going through. Can I tell y'all and teach y'all about church? Church has to be a place where sometimes people could come in and just be themselves and not be blessed and highly favored. I ain't feeling it today. I, I, I want this to be a place you come in how you feel. Listen, going forward, the welcome team, they'll understand you just had a rough week. They won't, they won't talk about you. They won't say you ain't full of the spirit. They'll understand that you're a human and you just pressed your way anyhow. And I want to encourage somebody today. We glad you're here. Aren't y'all glad that somebody just pressed their way And they hear anyhow they maybe they didn't sing, maybe they didn't read the scripture, but they pressed their way anyhow and and I want you to know that that's what you do so if this individual was here uh, and 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 the time was right because the time was it has to be right if the time was right I would I would talk to him uh at the right time about what Paul can teach us about uh suffering because our understanding of suffering will open the doors to the next chapter of our life Paul is writing to the Romans they are a new church, but they are being oppressed because of their new faith. He's writing to the Romans. They're a new church, but they have problems, just like we have problems. And he spent the first part of the eighth chapter giving them theology, which is great because they need theology. He reminded them of them that there was no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He reminded them that they were free. Can I remind somebody today that if you hadn't been here in this series, we got free a couple of weeks ago, but guess what? Freedom is still on the loose. There's somebody that came in today. You been bound too long by your yesterday. You've been bound by your pain, but God is saying that freedom is still on the loose. You can be free today. Matter of fact, if you know God freed you a couple of weeks ago when the spirit was moving in this place, can you help me to pray for the person that's on your road that may have missed that on the day, but you're going to just reach and extend your hands and say that freedom is still on the loose, that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's a fancy way of saying that your sins are forgiven, so go ahead and forgive yourself can I say it one more time your sins are forgiven go ahead and forgive yourself don't let anybody hold yesterday against you because we are going forward well uh, after Paul did this great teaching on that he said the danger that we run as it relates to being religious folk is we get so heavenly that we're no earthly good he said, I'm going to talk to you about the law. I'm going to talk to you about uh, the cross. I'm going to talk to you about all of these things. But if I don't deal with the fact that you as a human are suffering, I've, d- I've not done my job. I want to talk to some people that either you are suffering or you know somebody that's suffering. Because if God has freed you, you have a responsibility to free somebody else. The last part of Romans 8, Romans the 8th chapter, frees people who are suffering. Because he understood that was part of the human condition. Paul says, I can tell y'all about how to manage your suffering. Because suffering comes in three capacities. He said, suffering comes when you're outside the will of God. Suffering comes sometimes when you're inside the will of God. And some suffering look like Jesus take the will. Y'all know that Jesus take the will of suffering? Or oh, y'all don't know that Jesus take the will of suffering? That's when I don't know how I got here. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I, I just looked up and everything went left. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just it just looked up and everything went left. Paul is an example. Can I talk about first what it means to suffer when we're outside of the will of God? Listen, real talk. We do y'all a disservice in church when we act like it's always the hater fault. Michael Jackson said, I'm talking to the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his way. (laughs) Paul, anointed by God to do a work for God. But when he first started his religious journey, he found himself on the wrong road, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. We've talked about Paul before. Remember, he was a persecutor of Christians, meaning he thought that people that believed in Jesus was wrong. And they, he thought they were so wrong that he was going to spend time arresting them. It was at this moment because he was outside of God's will that he had to experience some suffering. The Bible said on Damascus Road, a bright light came upon him and he went through a season of blindness. Y'all know how it feel to be blind when you're outside of God's will? Oh, yes, y'all do. You know what it feels like because something is happening in your life and you don't know what to do next. Paul was in this situation where the light blinded him. And he didn't know what to do next. But God spoke to Paul and said, Paul, you're suffering with blindness, not because I want to harm you, not because I want to punish you, but because I want to change the trajectory of your life. Can I talk to somebody today who who is suffering because you're outside of God's will? The suffering is not to harm you, but it's to change the trajectory of your life. God is saying, I got something for you, but you've been on the wrong road. You've been doing the wrong thing. So sometimes suffering will come upon us to change the trajectory of our life. Real talk. It does not have to be this way. Can I say that one more time? It does not have to be this way. One more again. It does not have to be this way. I know by the way of the spirit of God that is in me that God has been talking to several of y'all. I'm gonna, use, I'm gonna use my, uh, I'm gonna use my mama finger when she was mad. I ain't gonna keep saying the same thing over and y'all know what I'm talking about. Now. I ain't gonna keep my mama on Facebook right now. I ain't gonna, I get it from you, mom. I ain't gonna keep saying the same. And look, there she'll squint with it. I ain't gonna keep saying the same thing. Oh, what happens when God got something for your life? God is fully committed to you becoming who God has called you to be. Why is it so hard? Let me say it like this. Melissa, I got it. Now, Melissa, Melissa's a great parent, and she don't have a problem with her children, but some of y'all got a problem with y'all children. Look at me. You ain't got to say nothing. Just blink your eyes. If you got a hard-headed child, but you know that that child got greatness inside of him or her, when that child gets outside of that greatness, Name the day or the time that you give up on that child. Somebody said you don't. That's A plus go to the head of the class. What you do is say by hell or high water, you're gonna get yourself together. Ain't that what you do? Ain't that what you do? Real ain't that what we do? That's what we do, ain't it? I don't care if I gotta take your tablet. I don't care. Listen, I know this is a, a new age and we're a liberal society and, and we don't believe in corporal punishment. But for those of y'all from the deep south who, who, who will go to your waistline and I don't care if I got to pull out my belt, <laughs> whatever. I don't care if I got to pull out my foot, <laughs> whatever I got to do, you're going to get right. Because I know what's inside of you. Y'all, y'all know what that feel like? I remember what that feel like, family. I remember what it felt like when I was about 19. Worst time of my life. I mean the worst time. Just barely had uh, uh, finished uh, high school and, and had not yet decided to go to college. And I was in this middle crazy zone, chasing the wrong girl, too, all kind of crazy stuff. And my mama said, and I was down, I was a little depressed if I look back on it. My mama said, You got two choices. She said, Choice number one, you're gonna go to school and you're gonna go to work. Choice number two, you're gonna go to work and you're gonna go to school. <laughs> Because my mom knew what was inside of me. Watch this. When other family members had given up on me. See, there's some of y'all, y'all know what it feel like. Other folks have given up on you or given up on your children because they said it's not going to happen, right? Oh, y'all don't know what that feel like until you walk into a church like I did at 19 and people say, what a shame you had so much potential. We thought you was going to do it. We thought this was going to happen. My mama said, oh, it's still going to happen. He just need a little bit of that get right yeah yeah can i talk to some grown folk in here and tell you that it's still gonna happen for you you grown you might be 85 years old but you still god's child and god is saying it's gonna happen for you even if i gotta give you a little bit of get right to get you there that's outside of the will but remind it don't have to be that way god has been speaking to your spirit hear me you have been hearing stuff god showed me this You've been hearing it from other people. You've been hearing it in the word. You've been hearing it in the devotionals. You've been hearing it in the songs. He's been speaking to you. And God is saying, Listen to me. So it doesn't have to be that way. And I said, I want you, Paul. But well, Paul said, You know what's crazy, though? What happens when the suffering happens when you are inside the will of God? That's the crazy one. Said, said, God, I get it. I don't. The things I used to do, I don't do no more. God, I get it. Now I am really trying to walk in purpose. And now you start to experience suffering. Can we be real about it? This is sometimes the time where people lose their faith. This is the time when people get disconnected because they say, God, I'm doing everything that you told me to do, but I'm still struggling. I planted seeds, I tithed, I did all that, and and financially I'm still struggling. I I forgave them, but they never forgave me. I'm doing everything that you have called me to do, but now I'm still in the middle of this struggle. Paul knows about that. We've talked about Paul in this context before. Paul once prayed once he got in the will of God. Check this out. Paul had this ability to pray and minister to other people and fix their problems, but sometimes he couldn't fix his own. That's some of y'all in this room. You've been taking care of everybody in the family, everybody else on the job, but you hadn't figured out how to fix your own stuff. It's not that you don't want to, but you just hadn't figured out. Am I, am I being real? Am I being honest? That's a crazy place to be, Joe. I, didn't, I can fix everybody else's problems, but, 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 but I can't fix mine. Uh, there was a preacher that I had the ministers to listen to as part of their training, Dr. Wayne Croft out of Philadelphia. He does this lecture on preaching with a limp. He talks about how preaching in Philadelphia to 10,000 on Sunday, but he would be in the bed with chemical depression until Tuesday. He could minister and lay hands and set other people free, but he was struggling in his own right. Paul knew about it because Paul said, I had a thorn in my flesh. Whenever you see an unnamed, a, a, a unnamed uh, something in the Bible, whether it's a person or a place or a thing, it's a wonderful opportunity to put your name or your situation Paul says that this thorn that's unnamed, and I know that it was unnamed so that we can identify with the fact that we all have a thorn. My thorn may not look like your thorn, but men and women of God, we all have a thorn. Can we be real? How many people came into the house of God with a thorn? Come on, let's just be real about it. We're going to be free. You got to be real. You got to be real. Paul said, I had a thorn in my flesh. Now, people try to try to look at philosophy and say, was it a physical ailment? Was it a mental health situation? Was it an addiction? Nobody knows what it was, and that's how people are. Everybody wants to know what the thorn is. Why do you want to know what's wrong with me? Can you just pray for me without asking my, all my business? Uh, sometimes you need to know what it is. You just need to pray. And, and don't give me one of them fake prayers. Child, I'm praying for you, but I want to be specific. Now, what happened? No! You just need to know I got a thorn. Paul had this thorn and he prayed, I'm going to pull the room. How many times did Paul pray for this thorn to be removed? Three times. We got some Bible readers in the house. Some of y'all have prayed 300 times for God to change the situation. Let's be real. You have prayed over and over. You've cried. You prayed. You have fasted. You've done everything. You've laid at the altar and you asked God to move it away and it hadn't moved yet. If that man of God from Atlanta was in the room and it was the right time I would speak the truth of the Word of God carefully not to sound so religious but to let him know that what Paul learned about the thorn especially the thorn that God has not removed. What Paul learned about the door that God has yet to open. What Paul has learned about the stronghold that is yet to be defeated. What Paul learned about the sickness that is still in your body. What Paul learned about the generational issue that is yet to turn around. Paul learned something. He said, what I discovered, even though God did not remove the thorn, he said, I discovered something, y'all. I discovered that God's grace is sufficient now you got to be from the old church to know that type of language that God's grace is sufficient don't worry for all you analytical types that say that sound real good on the t-shirt but what that mean in the middle of my sermon and in the middle of my struggling can I help you understand what the sufficiency of God's grace means when we talk about the sufficiency of God's grace the first thing that you got to understand is what I'm speaking now is very spiritual everybody say spiritual I learned just this morning that in order for us to receive spiritual truths that will shift our lives, First Corinthians to second chapter, verse 14, says that when God would speak spiritual truths into the lives of individuals, they could not receive it unless they were first filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes we're looking for practical analytical answers. And the answer to our breakthrough is spiritual. He said that for those uh, that could not, who didn't, weren't filled with the Spirit, is right there on the screen, it was foolish to them. Somebody I said to right now, God's grace is sufficient. You said, that sounds mighty foolish. How that's going to help me, and I've lost everything that I work for. That sounds mighty foolish. How that's going to help me, and I just lost a loved one. Well, here's the thing. This is not a condemnation, because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I want to speak to the person in the room right now before we talk about grace, who what you have heard about your situation, it may sound foolish, because what has to happen is God knows where you are. God understands that you love him, but you've become empty on the inside. Do you not know that when you go through stuff in your family, you can become empty? Yeah. When you lose somebody, you can become empty. When the relationship crashes and burns, you become empty. When the relationship with your children crash and burn, you become empty. When you have prayed and cried and did everything that you know how to do and it still didn't work, you become empty. You become a shell of yourself. you walking around looking apart, but on the inside, you are empty you are depleted right and so what God says is I, I'm not here to judge you for that I know where you are because I know that life emptied you I, I know Jesus walked this earth he know what it feels like to be empty somebody in this room was emptied by betrayal you know what can empty you out more than anything else is to have some people that's real close to you and then they're the very ones that betray you you can leave feeling real empty because you're like if I can't trust them who can I trust and now I feel all oh, out isolated and all alone so what God is saying I got a solution it was found in the previous verses that we already read Romans 8 verse 9 that reminds us that as believers in the most high God we are filled with his Holy Spirit so what is a believer to do Jabri what is a believer to do Pastor Jamal what is a believer to do Pastor Colleen when the believer finds herself or himself empty the believer has to pray and ask the master to fill us up again. Listen, if I was talking to that brother from Atlanta and the time was right, i said, man of God, I love you, but you are empty in a way that nobody can understand. I I love you, but you are empty in a way and you have anger in a way that most human beings could never connect with, but I want to let you know that God wants to meet you where you are and he wants to fill you up again. Can I talk to a woman in the house? There's a woman in the house of God. He said, I know it had emptied you I I know that it emptied you I know that it emptied you but he's saying that today if you pray and you ask you will be filled again brothers I know you've been trying to do what God has called you to do but the word of God declares I see you listen one of my favorite biblical passages Pastor Mark is El Roy it's that time when Hannah was in the woods all by herself after she had been kicked out of the family by Abraham and and she felt all alone and she felt empty uh, but God sent word to her wilderness situation uh, and when God spoke into her life the only thing that she could declare was El Roy E which means that God sees me uh, right where I am can I talk to somebody right now and encourage you that God sees you right where you are every mother in the house listen carefully he sees you as you're trying to raise your children every father God sees you uh, every entrepreneur every person with a dream every person whose dream turned into a nightmare the word of God declares God sees you right where you are and if you believe that God sees you I need you to help me to do something if you believe that God sees you and you believe that God loves you and if you believe that God cares for you will you mind praying for yourself first God I'm empty but fill me up again do you mind praying that? There are some very uh, productive people. You've done some great work, but the reason your attitude is short in these days is because you've gotten empty. Do you mind praying that with me? God, I'm empty, but fill me up again. Listen, you get empty doing this thing. I need 100% imp- participation. God, I'm empty, but fill me up again. Listen, I'm trying to help you today. I'm going, I am I got my job is, is, is to serve you uh, and to encourage you that your own prayers will transform your life if you pray in faith. Now, can we say it like we really understand what it's like to be empty or we going to play with it? Because uh, we don't play with it at Chosen City Church. Uh, I need everybody. Every child, every person that's been on the grind, every person that's dealt with loss, every person that's dealt with disappointment, every person that is trying to make it God I'm empty but fill me up again now watch when you ask and pray that by play what's going to happen watch this God will honor that prayer he'll honor that prayer he'll honor that prayer today he'll honor that prayer today he will honor that prayer, honor that prayer right now if you prayed that prayer by faith he'll honor that prayer he'll honor that prayer by right now watch as he honors that prayer and you start to find yourself filled with the Holy Ghost suddenly now you have a different perspective and now you can receive the biblical truth that God's grace is sufficient and ain't foolishness no more because the Spirit helps us connect those things that analytics can't connect the, the Spirit and it will let you know that God's grace is sufficient. I'm going to unpack grace a little bit more grace undeserved favor you can't buy it they don't make coupons for it ain't no two for one deal it is undeserved favor listen carefully family get ready to experience God's undeserved favor you hear me I can say this biblically because you are a part of god's plan and the only way it's going to work is if favor flows with you in this new next if favor flows with you in this next assignment the only way that is going to be funded is if favor goes with you the Only way that the diagnosis will come back clean is if favor flows with you. The only way you're going to have the words to mend the broken relationship is if favor flows with you. Unmerited favor. God's grace is sufficient. In other words, undeserved favor uh, is more than enough uh, to open any closed door. Undeserved favor uh, is more than enough. uh, to take the pain away. Undeserved favor uh, is more than enough to turn my family's situation around. Undeserved favor uh, is more than enough uh, to give me what I've been praying for. Uh, I need about 75 people uh, and I'll be number 76 uh, that I'm praising God uh, and I'm believing God uh, for undeserved favor uh, even in the midst of my suffering. Uh, Undeserved favor, uh, it covers me when I was outside of his will uh, undeserved favor uh, it protects me when I'm inside his will uh, and undeserved favor uh, it takes the will uh, when I don't know where I need to go uh, do I have any witnesses uh, that don't mind worshiping uh, the most high God because you believe in him for undeserved favor that's why we worship God the way that we worship him because of his love for us, it's going to turn for our good. Paul's perspective changed. He went from struggling and thinking about theodicy. Hear me carefully, family. Hear me carefully. There has to be a shift from our conversation on theodicy to focusing more on a grace theology. We had a shift from theodicy. It's nothing wrong with theodicy, but what we're really doing with theodicy, we're putting the conduct of God on trial. Yeah, He can handle it, but what we're saying is, God, why you let it go that way? We can we can do that, but we have to switch from theodicy to theology. Watch this. Here's the challenge: when we focus on theodicy, it's like being a hamster on a wheel. On that wheel. We continue to ask the question why we continue to reflect on how we got here we continue to say god did i deserve this we continue to act on think about the actions of the people that hurt us it's like being a hamster on the wheel you keep replaying the scenario over and over in your mind it's like being a hamster on the wheel you keep running back the replays of, man, if I had a just said this, or if I had a just said that, or if I had a just not shown up, or if I had a actually went. We keep doing it. Y'all see the problem with the hamster wheel? There's nothing wrong with reflecting, but as long as you're on the hamster wheel, you can never go forward. What a grace theology does, it, it takes us from the hamster wheel of, of reflecting and asking on why. Now, for the record, there's nothing we're asking for about why. But the question is, you got to decide as an individual, how long is enough? Hmm? How long will you stay on the hamster wheel? How long will you keep running this scenario over and over in your mind? Until you wake up and say, I may not know why, but now I have a grace theology and it's time for me to go forward. It's up to you. See, there's people in the room today, you're going to leave here and you may decide to stay on the hamster wheel. You're going to run the divorce over and over in your mind. You're going to run the breakup over and over in your mind. You're going to work the financial decision over and over. And that's cool because you're trying to learn, but how long do you stay on the hamster wheel? It's up to you how long. But at some point, grace has to jump in. When a grace theology jumps in, grace theology says I can go forward now. You see, as a grace theology, I understand I will never understand the mindset of the person that abused me. But nevertheless, I can go forward now. With the grace theology, I would never understand the complex uh, issues associated with racism, but I can go forward now. With with, with the grace theology, I will never understand the American economy and why there is downsizing and why I had to lose my job, but guess what? I can go forward now because I have discovered that the stats don't control my future. I have discovered that what people say don't control me. I have discovered that God's grace is sufficient, and because I have a, a grace theology, I'm not fearful because I have a grace theology and God has given us a spirit that is not of fear uh, but a spirit of power I know that when I put my hands to it it's going to be successful Uh, can I talk to some of the business owners today uh, and remind you uh, that as you put your hands to it uh, you will be successful Uh, thank you Holy Ghost I'm sitting right next to one right here this is a business owner her business is right there Uh, she's an esthetician Uh, she came in and said she had a vision and I said God got a spot and because she had a vision uh, and God has a spot uh, we know that her business is about to go to another level. Uh, Y'all might as well celebrate that uh, because as God is blessing her uh, he's about to do the same thing for you Uh, God is saying put your hand to it uh, and no more looking back Uh, he who puts his hand to the plow uh, and looks back is not worthy. Uh, I need to talk to some people uh, that you're going and get off the hamster wheel of despair uh, and you have decided uh, that his grace is sufficient uh, to find the vision uh, his, grace uh, uh, his grace is sufficient to open every door his grace is sufficient to break every chain because God's grace is sufficient we used to say that in church Jamal I used to understand it now when the mothers used to say that God's grace is sufficient. And they used to moan a little bit. You got, you got to be from somewhere down Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and we would say that Jesus got his arms all around me. And I want you to be able to say it in the middle of your pain and understand and believe for yourself that God's grace is sufficient enough to bring you out of whatever you're going through. Family, we're almost done here. You got to have... A proper theodicy. You got to have a proper perspective. But, family, we have to have hope. Everybody say, Hope. Let's read this scripture one more time. We just got one scripture today. It's here before us. For I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When Paul said, I reckon Paul was having a flashback he flashed back and he looked at the time when he was outside of God's will but he made it he looked at the time when he was in God's will and he made it and he looked at the time when he said Jesus take the will and he made it and he said I've had a flashback I've looked over this thing and I can tell you put it up on the screen what did he tell him watch this That the sufferings of this present time. Marcus, can I tell you that your suffering is just for a season? Yeah. Yeah. Can y'all help me? There's a lot of people in here and everybody need to hear this. You need to declare in your own words and let them know whether it's them suffering or somebody close to them. Let them know that it's just for a season. Go ahead and tell them right there. Encourage them. We got to encourage them. Tell them it's just for a season. Paul said, I had a flashback. I went through bad times in this life but I discovered that it was just for a season I I had a flashback and I I, I was disappointed and I was lied on and I was locked up but I discovered that it was just for a season, how do I know that it's just for a a season because a season represents the chronos time, that means that the adversary when he looks on his clock has decided that you are not coming out of this but I'm thankful that we don't go about the chronos I'm thankful that we understand as we have talked about before uh, that we operate in the Kairos that means that when God wants to move uh, God moves that means no matter how long they said uh, that this was going to go on uh, you can pray and ask God by faith Lord do it for me and do it right now Paul said I had a flashback when I looked back over my life and I saw everything that I went through Uh, I had a flashback uh, and I saw that God brought me out uh, I saw that God kept me when I couldn't keep myself. Uh, I had a flashback uh, when I couldn't have enough credit to get it. Uh, now I got a house of my own. Uh, I had a flashback. Uh, they once wouldn't approve me for an apartment, uh, but now I got a couple of homes and I rent one out. Uh, I had a flashback. Uh, they said that I would amount to nothing, uh, but God's hand is on my life. Uh, I had a flashback uh, that even though we go through the storm, uh, even though we go through the rain, uh, I want to testify uh, that troubles don't last always. Uh, can I have a witness to help me here? Uh, is there anybody here? Uh, is there anybody here? Uh, is there anybody here? Uh, there anybody here? Uh, that when you look back over your life, uh, you got a testimony uh, that troubles don't last always. Uh, I was down for a season. Uh, for God favored me, uh, you ought to give a God some praise. Uh, if you know for yourself uh, that trouble don't last always, uh, I gotta help some people. Uh, Isaiah 61. Uh, it's our God, and we at the house. Uh, can we look at Isaiah 61? Uh, I wanna show you uh, Well, you got to have some hope. Uh, Isaiah is a prophet of the Lord. uh, And he's speaking to some people uh, that are going through some suffering. uh, And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, Can I tell you, Chosen City Church, uh, I know the spirit of the Lord is upon me. uh, And he's brought me a message to share with you. Uh, Isaiah began to talk. Uh, The Lord has anointed me uh, to preach good tidings uh, unto the meek uh, to send me. uh, uh, to bind up the broken heart uh, Can I tell you that there's a word in the house uh, That if you came in with a broken heart uh, God is said he's going to mend it and put it together uh, If you came in with a broken heart uh, He's going to send somebody in your life uh, That's going to caress your heart uh, That's going to love your heart uh, God is saying I'm mending hearts today uh, But watch what the prophet says uh, I've come to proclaim liberty uh, To the captives uh, uh, some of us have been captured by our suffering uh, Some of us have been captured by our situation uh, Some of us have been captive by our stronghold uh, But watch this uh, He is saying through the power of the Spirit uh, He's about to open the prison door uh, That's an analogy for you uh, Whatever has had you locked up uh, Whatever has had you bound uh, The prophet declares uh, That the door is about to be opened uh, You better get your clothes out Uh, We coming out of this. Uh, You better get your bag packed. Uh, We moving from this place. Uh, Watch what the prophet says. Uh, He goes a little bit further. Uh, In Isaiah the second verse, uh, he begins to remind them. Uh, I need to tell you something. Uh, I need to proclaim uh, that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, that means that this is a season of favor. Uh, this is the acceptable year uh, Where well, what you've been praying for. Uh, it's about to happen in 2023. Uh, all of the suffering uh, was preparing you uh, for the year of the Lord. Uh, do I have any witnesses? Uh, do I have any entrepreneurs? Uh, Do I have any factory workers? Do I have any parents that's willing to declare, this is the acceptable year of the Lord, where everything is turning around for me. Watch the text, family. He goes on to tell them, I'm going to comfort all that more. Did you hear what I said? I'm gonna comfort all that morning. Uh, you've been suffering a long time. Uh, you've been crying at night a long time. Uh, you ain't had good rest in a long time. Uh, but in the acceptable year of our Lord, uh, God is saying, I'm gonna mend the broken heart. Uh, I'm gonna comfort that moment. Uh, but watch verse three. Uh, watch what God is doing. Uh, to appoint to them that morning's eye. Uh, watch what God is saying. Uh, I might lose my mind. Uh, uh, God is saying, uh, I'm going to give them beauty for ashes. Uh, I'm going to give them beauty for ashes. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, all of your suffering uh, is about to pay off. Uh, all of your heartbreak uh, is about to increase everything. All of what you've been through, uh, you're going to find it was worth it after all. Uh, God is saying, uh, I'm giving you beautiful ashes. Uh, God is saying, uh, every lie, uh, every weapon, uh, every tongue. Everything that has come against you, uh, I'm going to give you a beautiful ashes. Uh, what the enemy meant for evil, uh, I'm going to return it for good, uh, what does the word of the Lord say, uh, when I give you a beautiful ashes uh, the oil of joy in the morning, uh, God anoint your people, uh, so they can get their joy back, uh, they've been in the storm too long, uh, anoint your people, uh, so they can get their praise back. Uh, they ain't smiled in a while. Uh, anoint your people uh, so they can get some happiness back. Uh, they ain't been happy in a while. Uh, anoint them with the joy of the Lord. Uh, because the joy of the Lord uh, is our strength. Uh, do I have anybody uh, that don't mind celebrating uh, the joy of the Lord? Uh, because He's worthy, uh, and that's the source of your strength. Uh, you ought to give God some joy. Uh, a joyful celebratory shout. Because you understand. Uh, that's where your strength comes from. Uh, but look what happened. After he returns your joy, uh, the word of God declares, uh, we take off our struggling, uh, we take off our pain, uh, we take off our heaviness, uh, we take off our stronghold, uh, we take off our suffering, uh, we take off what we've been through, uh, we take off what they said, uh, we take off our tears, uh, we take off our depression. uh, We take off our anxiety, we take off cancer, Uh, we take off diabetes, Uh, we take off ailments, Uh, we take it all off, Uh, and when we take it off, uh, look at what the word of God says, Uh, we take all that stuff off, uh, and we gotta put on uh, a garment of praise, Uh, I wish I had a house, uh, that in the middle of your suffering, uh, you don't mind, putting on a garment of praise uh, because it's your praise uh, that's going to bring you out of it. It's your praise that's going to bring you through it. It's your praise that's going to dry every tear. Why don't you try it today? Put on a garment of praise. You ain't praised God yet, but put on a garment of praise. Praise God for what you are expecting because the word hope means I have an expectation. The word hope means I have an anticipation that God will, that God will, that God will take care of me. Uh, The word hope means uh, that I have expectation uh, that my life is about to turn. Uh, The word hope means uh, I have an anticipation uh, so I'm getting ready for it, uh, because God will uh, take care uh, of me. Uh, and since I know that God's gonna do it, uh, since I got great expectations, uh, I need to learn to praise Him, uh, like it's already done. Uh, I gotta learn to praise Him uh, while I got tears in my eyes. Uh, I gotta learn to praise Him uh, while I'm waiting on the doctor's report. Uh, i got to learn to praise Him. Uh, while y'all still misunderstanding me. Uh, put on the garment of praise. Uh, put on the garment of praise. Uh, we offer God a sacrifice of praise. And we offer a sacrifice of praise. That comes from the book of Hebrews. That means I understand that my praise is so powerful. I'm going to praise God when I don't feel like it. Praise is so powerful. I'm going to praise God when I'm tired. Praise is so powerful. I'ma praise God when you don't want to praise. I'ma praise God. I offer a sacrifice. So if I got a house that believe in God with great expectation, believe in God with great anticipation, I need you to offer a sacrifice of praise. What about praises that in the house? I need you to praise them until it gets better for you. I need you to praise Him until it gets better to your neighbor. I need you to praise Him until your marriage gets better. I need you to praise Him until your family turns around. We offer offering God a sacrifice of praise. Are y'all praising Him? Are you 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 praying to Him? There's power in our praise. Oh, there's power in our praise. That's why the enemy been trying to steal your praise. That's why he been trying to keep you still on service because he knows what you ain't discovered yet. That there is power in your praise. Uh, there is deliverance in your shout. I gotta praise today. I'm gonna praise the Lord in the good. I'm gonna praise Him in the bad. I'm gonna praise going to praise the Lord I'm going to praise the Lord because he's worthy of our praise I'm going to praise the Lord 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 In the middle of our tears I'm going to praise the family I'm going to praise the Lord Something happens when I praise the Lord family it shifts my focus from the problem and now I can see the problem solving do you see the problem solving in the middle of whatever it is you you're trying to solve it should be shifting your focus you should see God in the middle of your praise like never before my mind is shifted I pray that your mind shifts you can see the problem solving and no longer see the problem God sees you and he cares God sees you and he cares God we come together against depression anxiety and suicide tell that person that's thinking about giving up that it's worth the wait God we are praying to you right now God I pray that your spirit Speaks to a person that's thinking about giving up. God, speak to them right now and let them hold on a little while longer. God, speak to that person that's about to throw in the towel and tell them that their change is closer than they think. God, speak to them and let them know that everything that they went through, everything that they've experienced, is preparing them for the next chapter to be the grace chapter. It's preparing them for you to use them like never before. God, give them more strength right now. They need it because they're tired. God, give them more strength. They need it because they poured out. God, give them more grace because they've done the best that they know how to do. God, here we are, God. We're praying right now. We're asking you to hear our prayers. We're praying right now. We're giving you our best praise. We're praying right now. We're trusting you like never before. We're praying right now. We're praying right now. Spirit of the living God, oh Lord, please just fall fresh in this place. Fall fresh in this place, Father God. Fall fresh in this place, Father God. God, help them in his suffering. Remove suffering. Remove suffering. Exchange the suffering for grace. Remove suffering. God, we declare by faith. We declare by faith that the struggle is coming to an end. We declare by faith that the struggle is over. We declare by faith that the next chapter will be the best chapter. We declare by faith that it's turning right now. We declare the turn. We declare the shift. We declare the transformation, not by our might, God, but by your spirit, God, by your word, God. We are declaring, we are calling, and we are believing with expectation. And that is done God we love you on a day and we praise you today in the mighty name of Jesus we pray amen family as we stand to our feet as we keep worshiping the presence of the Lord is here worship woman of God speak to a Lord right there worship woman of God worship man of God worship it's a free day. It's a free day. God sees you right where you are. And He cares and is about to turn. He sees you, He cares, and is about to turn. But somebody today needs the Master's touch somebody today needs the master's touch hallelujah thank you thank you lord for what you're doing in her life thank you for what you're doing over there thank you for what you're doing over here somebody today needs the master's touch somebody today you need to give your life to the lord for real there's nothing tricky about salvation The Bible makes it clean, clear. You confess with your mouth that you believe and salvation is yours. Confess and believe. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. Thank you for tuning in to our sermons podcast here at Chosen City Church. This and other podcasts, as well as our live Sunday morning service, can be found on all of our streaming platforms and are also available on the new Chosen City Church app which is available on both the Apple Store and Google Play. We would love to see you in person on Sunday morning at either our 8 a.m. or 1015 services. We are located at 13925 Irwin Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. We hope to see you soon and have a blessed day.